Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Justin Klein listens to your questions. Starting to learn more about value stocks rather than growth stocks. You guys are saving me a, a lot of money. And provides unbiased answers. All right. Well, you're looking at historical blue chip names, and they've endured. Their brands have endured. Invest Talk. Over 42 million downloads and counting. Across America and around the world, your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. At a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is Invest Talk, independent thinking, shared success. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Chief Executive Officer, Financial Advisor, Justin Klein. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome back to Invest Talk. This is our Wednesday, June 29th, 2022 edition. I'm Justin Klein. I look forward to doing this podcast for you during this hour, hearing your finance and investment questions, and giving you my straight, unbiased answers. No hidden agenda. I'm just here to give you the facts as I see them and some perspective of living through multiple cycles, both of markets, liquidity, economic cycles, etc. And all of that is important at any given time to understand there are highs, there are lows. And just like in any walk of life, you don't want to get too emotional. It's usually not as good when the good times are, are, are happening. And it's usually not as bad as you feel when the bad times are happening. So the idea is to keep you on the right path, try to ignore the noise and give you the tools to make good financial decisions. Now, today's investing situation is different than we've seen over the past few decades, higher inflation and a different set of risks. So we need to focus on the economic data coming in, the evolution of the economy, both cyclically, cyclically is you know, going into recession, growth, etc. But secularly, what are the longer term trends that uh, endure through good times and bad? So we're going to talk about all of that here on today's show. And my goal is to help you understand this environment, both short, medium and long term, to avoid the pitfalls that so many people fall prey to chasing returns, investing in what their cousin, uh, you know, made money in, uh, fraud, um, chasing after too good to be true type of situations, etc. There's a lot of pitfalls. And I want to make sure that you understand all the risks and rewards of all the type of investments that are out there. So you can make the right decision for yourself. So I invite your phone calls and questions now at our anytime listener line, live four to five Pacific time or after hours, you can leave a message. And we will answer it on a future show. Either way, the number never changes. It's still 888-99-CHART. So let's get right to our first listener question now. Hey, Steve or Justin. Um, quick question in regards 
to the real estate sector. I was just looking at a couple of stocks I own, small positions in both, and was looking to add to one of them, thinking is that more millennials are entering that time when they're going to be buying that first house if they have not already, obviously. So I was looking into some home builders, was looking at L-E-N Lenar Homes and D-H-I, D-R Hortons, and was just seeing which one you thought was better. Appreciate you. All right. D.R. Horton and Lennar, two of the larger home builders that are out there. Market cap on uh, DHI, excuse me, D.R. Horton is about $23 billion. <clears throat> Lennar, about $20 billion. So very similar in size. Like the whole housing industry right now, trading at very low multiples because the market is pricing in a weakening housing market and the housing market is certainly going to weaken nationwide with rates kind of where they're at and if they stay at these levels for an extended period of time and that's kind of what the market's pricing in and so the bet here is that the market has overpriced in weakness where Lennar is expected to make $16 a share this year $15 a share next year which at a $70 stock price that's a pretty cheap multiple so I think if they follow through on that and can maintain kind of low to mid-teens in earnings, uh, they're, they're pretty cheap. And this applies to, once again, most of the home builders are out there. And then you're, you're looking at Lennar and DR Horton, and then the question would be, what type of, what type of exposure do they have? How broad-based is their, is their business? And let's take a look at that. DR Horton is in 31 states. 98 different markets, so well diversified. It offers entry level, move up, luxury buyers, and active adults. So very diverse type of homes that they're that they're producing. Uh, I think the low end is going to be more stable than the high end, and so I like to start uh, to invest in companies that are more in the first time move up buyer, and that's Lennar. Lennar is operating in that first time move up and active adult home buying uh, sectors, not really a whole lot on the luxury side. So if I'm looking at the companies that are uh, that are less exposed to that high end, uh, DR Horton is going to be a little bit more exposed. Um, now it's still diverse, but Lennar is the second largest public home builder in the U.S., Okay, and is DR number one? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the top one. So you're talking, looking at number one and number two, both well diversified. DR Horton's headquarters are in, are in Texas. Uh, yeah, so if I'm going with one, I'm probably going with Lennar in this market. But both are very solid, very good home builders. Uh, they're in our top five uh, of the ones that we're investing in for clients. Uh, we're, we're not actually actively investing in these, these two, um, but there's a couple ahead that we do have some positions in down at these levels. So uh, I like them both, but I'm picking one or the other. I'm going to pick Lennar. Now, my focus point today is based on this headline. Investors in their 20s, 30s, and 40s might want to embrace a down market survival guide. So we're going to try to refocus on the fundamentals of uh, savings, asset allocation, and simplifying your financial life to make good decisions, and then looking at safety nets as well as investing in the things that are going to get you to the next, to this other side of this recession in better shape, not just financially, but physically, 
emotionally as well as skill-wise because ultimately the skills that you can provide to the world uh, are going to drive your success in life whether that's financially personally etc and so we're going to look at all of those things also i want to look at the job offers that are being rescinded across uh, the economy and where are they focus and then what ceos are saying when it comes to the their expectation for a recession and then lastly uh, we're going to touch on European factories and what they're, how they're reacting to the high price of natural gas over in Europe and what that means for their economies. So those are things that are on my mind, but ultimately I want to know what is on your mind. So give me a call, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278 is how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Now let's take a look at the market. We had the NYSE that was down 67 points, about a half a percent on the day. So modest down day there. The S&P itself, that was only down three points. So uh, kind of a flattish day there. The Russell, that had the biggest drop down about 1% on the week, or sorry, on the day. And so what you see here is Friday, we had that big surge. We had a pause day at resistance on Monday. And over the last two days, a bit of a pullback. We still haven't broken any major support. I'm looking at the bottom of the candle uh, from Friday, and we're still well away from that, from the NYSE. So I, I do think you're going to get a, uh, a bear market rally. It's not going to be, I think, as robust as most people would like, but I do think you're going to get uh, kind of a slow and steady grind higher in the near term. We hit major support. So at the very least, you know, we get some sideways action is, 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 uh, is my read on it in the near term. Uh, but what's interesting is that the bond market is starting to price in a Fed pivot. Rates are coming down. The short term rates are coming down. The 10 year that was uh, down 11 basis points today. And it was the second lowest close over the past couple of weeks down to 3.09. And the euro dollar market is now pricing in the Fed cutting rates. Yes, you heard it. The Fed cutting rates in Q1 2023. That's only six or seven months away, right? So the, the, the bond market is typically right. And they tend to front run what is happening in the economy. Bond investors, smarter than the Fed, just say that straight out. The Fed is typically looking at coincidental as well as lagging indicators of inflation, employment, etc. Those things don't matter a whole lot uh, to the future of the economy, right? There's a lot of other leading indicators, housing starts, um, uh, all, all the things that, that uh, you know, consumer confidence, etc. All the things that uh, lead to different economic outcomes in the future, those are far more important. The bond market pays attention to those. The Fed, they're not very good at, at getting ahead of the economic cycle, clearly talking about, you know, the inflation's transitory, etc. Just year after year, decade after decade, they tend to be very slow, reactive, and they don't get in front of it. But the bond market almost always is right. And so what this is telling me is, hey, the Fed rhetoric of 50, 75 basis point increases, that's going to slow very quick because the economic data that's going to come in over the next month or two is going to show higher unemployment, weaker jobs market, weaker economy, 
and most importantly, slower inflation, which would give the ammunition to the Fed that, hey, we don't need to be as aggressive. Maybe still on a tightening path, they said that they're gonna speak about, but not at that pace. And so that's what I'm expecting to drive a relief rally in the markets. Now we're moving back into a break, but I'm here now taking your calls live this way to go. Uh, that uh, This is the way to go because we can interact with you live. So call now. This is Invest Talk 888 chart. Why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. I was curious if you still think aluminum has a ways to go from here. When do I know the right time to take profits? Should I be looking for an exit? Should I be holding here? And listeners instinctively realize that Invest Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. Hey, guys, love your show. Uh, I've been listening for several years now, and I've learned a lot. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley understand what investors need and want. I would look at it from a tax perspective. If there's no tax implications, move on, find better ways to use that money. I'm going with the odds. I think a half position now would at least get you in it and get you watching it so you won't lose track of it. Don't forget to call Investor 888-99-CHART. One of the most rewarding things I do each weekday is host the Invest Talk podcast. I truly enjoy helping investors, and I know that every question counts and every answer I provide will be unbiased. You, the caller, get to chart the course for each Invest Talk podcast. Call with your questions anytime, day or night, 888 99Chart. Yeah, Steve, uh, I'd like to know about the individual bonds. I know that individual uh, bonds is rated from AAA to B. All of them is investment grade. But my question is that uh, if you're going to uh, like choose it uh, B, what kind of research do you do it? Because I never uh, bought an individual bond. If you can give me highlights how to buy individual bond, I appreciate Thank you very much. My name is Art. All right. Thanks for the question, Art. And we do buy individual bonds for our clients, our stable income portfolio, which is all bonds, and then our balance income, which has uh, roughly 40, 45% uh, allocation to bonds. And we like those better than bond funds. You can hold them to maturity. You can control the credits that you're you're, you're buying, et cetera. And uh, typically, you're going to get better yields than uh, bond funds. Now, institutions, luckily, we can aggregate our bond purchases with other large institutions and we get typically better prices than most individuals are going to get on bonds but you can still get yourself uh good good yields uh and uh better yields than you're going to get for for most bond funds and lower risk uh, if you diversify and you do your research and like you said what do you look for and what we do is we look at the quality of the equity because ultimately, that's what's the most important, right? Is, is this company going to go bankrupt? And if the equity is going to go down and could go bankrupt, well, that means the bond is suddenly in peril and into default. Uh, so it's really looking at the company that 
is linked to that bond, right? That has issued that bond and how stable is their business? What is their total amount of debt compared to their, their capital, to their assets, to their cash flows? Uh, what's their interest coverage ratio, et cetera? So there's a lot of metrics to, to follow, and, and, uh, but ultimately it comes down to what is the strength of this business? Is it getting, is it well managed? Is it, uh, does it have good leadership? Does, do its products and services, uh, are they in decline? in the market, meaning are others taking market share from them for various reasons, either because of price or quality, you know, how well is this company run and where does it sit within industry and does it have longevity through cycles? And those are the things that you utilize and that equity analysis to overlay your purchase on, a, on, on the underlying bonds. So hope that helps. Now we're heading to a break, so give me a call at 888-99-CHART. Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. My focus point today is based on this headline. Investors in their 20s, 30s, and 40s might want to embrace a down market survival guide. Now, when you have many years into your retirement, market volatility should be easy to shrug off, but it often is not. And that's because investors are likely invested too aggressively, even though you're young and the rule of thumb is you invest more aggressively when you're young. But unfortunately, sometimes that doesn't align with your personality. Okay. And it's important to look at history and help understand where we are in context. For example, 2000, 2002 timeframe, the S&P fell 23%. The NASDAQ fell 70%. So it can be very important to what you're investing in, what you continue to hold uh, during those that time period. And as we went out of that time, out of that recession, the techier stocks continue to lag until 2007. Okay. And that's when they really broke out in relation to value stocks. But these periods of market volatility often are healthy, and may not feel like it in the, the time, but they're healthy for markets to weed out the excess, allow those companies that aren't truly creating value to kind of go under or just fade into uh, the background. And, you know, a lot of them, you know, I think of uh, companies like, um, like Groupon, for example, that's was popular around uh, 2006, 2007. Uh, and then kind of, you know, it's a micro cap stock. Uh, and oftentimes, that's healthy, once again, is for pr companies to be priced at the right level. Uh, and that's what we're seeing right now. But when you're investing in rough markets, in your earlier years, you have many years until retirement into the future and market volatility shouldn't evoke emotions because you have enough time for it to recover. But that doesn't once again, always align with your risk capacity. Okay, so your risk capacity may be high, but your risk tolerance level may be lower, and vice versa. Same thing happens when in retirement, where you're 
tolerance is high. People over long periods of time, they've, they've seen through cycles and, and they're comfortable with risk. But hey, you're in your 60s, you're in your 70s. You really shouldn't be taking that much risk, risking all of your capital uh, and your livelihood when you can't go back to work, for example. So it's often very flipped. So you have to be honest with yourself and know what type of risk you can take to tune out the market volatility. Okay. And focus on things that you do have control over. Okay. Like spending, saving your allocation, overall allocation, and whether you have a good cash cushion. So the things that you should do, number one is hone in on that savings rate. Now, when things are good, there can be lifestyle creep. You know, you go out to eat a little bit more, you buy a little more expensive car, maybe you're, uh, you bought that house that was a little more expensive than you, you, you should have, and then suddenly rough times hit, and now it's like, well, do, can I really afford these things? So really simplifying your life and refocusing on your savings goals. And that can get that can help you, right? Start with that end goal and then look at your budget and try to trim things back so that you can create automatic contributions, continue to make automatic contributions, which are even more important when the market's down because you're gonna be getting that money invested at a cheaper price for your, your investments, right? Think of uh, your investments in your 401k and maybe making automatic contributions to your investment, other investment accounts is important as well. IRA, 529 plans, brokerage accounts, etc. Now, number two, review your long-term asset allocation. Uh, are you taking too much risk in stocks? These are times when times are good. People oftentimes think they have a higher risk tolerance level than they do. And when things are, are going down, if that's worrying you more than exciting you, well, then you're probably taking too much risk, right? People who truly have high risk tolerance levels in times like this, they get excited. They say, how do I get more money to work at these lower prices? If you are seeing your portfolio and it's going down to a level that's making you queasy and uncomfortable, maybe you should have too much exposure to equities, okay? And even if you're in your, in, in your 20s, 30s, 40s, once again, maybe moderately invested is the way to go. The average moderate allocation based on lifestyle funds, targeted funds is about 70% equities, okay? So maybe you should be more moderate. Maybe instead of 100% equities, 70% is more aligned with your risk tolerance level. Okay. And then if your earnings tend to be more volatile, well, then your investments should probably be a little more conservative and vice versa. If your if your income is steady, consistent, then you can take a little bit more risk than you probably would otherwise. Number three is streamline your investment choices, meaning consolidate your accounts, uh, consolidate IRAs, Roth IRAs, traditional IRAs, roll over that 401k into IRAs, uh, consolidate your, your taxable brokerage accounts, etc., and look at the duplicates and try to trim the fat and stay focused. And this is a good time uh, for that. And look at your safety net. Once again, uh, insurance coverage, make sure you have enough that will uh, prevent any extreme uh, hardship. So that depends on your savings level and, and your, your asset level. But make sure you have homeowners insurance, health insurance, uh, life insurance, if you have dependents, minors, for example, uh, or a spouse. Uh, and then lastly, invest in yourself. Get more educated. We're heading into a break, so give me a call at 888-99-CHART.
eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. This is Invest Talk, and we are all watching the markets go up, then down. So now, more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. Steve Peasley is here taking your questions live. Call 888-99-CHART. Bought Amazon at 128. It's been um, impaired by the crash, so it's bouncing from 106 to 109. Should I sell? Should I wait? What? Is that a good investment of the year from now? Look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. Well, you're looking at large cap tech, large cap growth. And these are companies that trade at uh, high multiples, 52 times earnings on Amazon. So let's make $2.65 next year. Revenue growth was 7% last quarter. Earnings were negative last quarter. Technicals are very poor, relative strength only 22. So I think this goes lower. I think it's pretty clear. And then you have regulatory issues uh, in the backdrop. You have 
uh, spiraling inflation costs for sh- things like shipping, which they've kind of tied uh, their their business model to, right? Prime shipping. So, yeah, I wouldn't own this. I would sell it and move on. Take your losses. Thanks for the call. Eight 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 ninety nine chart eight eight nine nine two four two seven eight. That's how you get through and ask your question. We have about twenty five minutes left in the show. Now let's touch on the trends in the job market. And what's interesting now is companies like Twitter, Redfin, Coinbase, they're all rescinding offers for jobs in the past few weeks. And uh, employers in other pockets of the economy are starting to do the same. Insurance, retail, marketing, consulting, and especially recruiting services. And then you have layoffs happening from companies like Netflix, Peloton, Carvana, Anything that has negative cash flow, like a Carvana, Peloton, and Netflix, they are tightening up their belts because it's not as easy to raise capital via the bond market or the equity market. And they're seeing the trends in the economy. I think Netflix last quarter, they had net loss of subscribers. Uh, Facebook parent meta platforms and Uber warn they will be dialing back their hiring plans. So it's very focused in the tech space, and especially if you're a startup and a, I call it a Ponzi stock, right? Where any company who's been in existence over the past number of years and hasn't produced a profit has only been in business to sell shares. And there's a lot of those out there in the marketplace today. And these signs of caution hiring are showing that executives are unsure of what's happening, what's going to happen over the next 12 months. And even some recruiters caution that there's been a large wave of job offers canceled. And this is, once again, a con- coincidental indicator. Should have, we should have known this. You should see this with the cost of capital. Talked about bear markets on, uh, on Monday and what drives bear markets. It's higher costs of inputs to your business. So too high costs for labor, too high costs for uh, commodities. Uh, etc., but also higher cost of capital. And that's feeding through to this as well, because if you're not paying for these employees with actual cash flow from your business, then this is something that uh, is, is it's, it's not, you're, you can't afford it. And you rather rescind job offers than go out there and raise capital because you can't raise capital. Okay. And what's happening here is there is let's see, hiring managers um, are still showing, however, that there's a lot of competition for jobs, and there aren't enough people to fill the jobs. So what you're seeing, and this is broad based, so what you're seeing is that it's more pockets of the economy that are feeling the the, the pinch of the higher cost of capital, of inflation, and it's mainly tech-focused. And a Gartner survey of more than 350 HR executives, this is at the end of May, so, you know, this is about a month old now, but they only said 50% thought the competition for talent would increase over the next six months. And nearly two-thirds said they hadn't made any changes to their hiring practices or HR budgets due to what's going on in the economy. So only about a third are making that adjustment, two thirds still are not, which means 
it's probably a weaker a weaker uh, jobs market going forward. Once again, we're not going back to 10% unemployment unless the Fed just wants to run the economy right off the cliff, which I don't think they want to do. They don't want to clean up that mess like an 08. Uh, but a slowdown is is likely. And once again, if you're a startup, you're in the ad tech industry, pre-IPO, those are going to be less stable and more apt to lay off workers and rescind job offers. Now, when people take the time to leave an Invest Talk podcast review on iTunes, we'd like to thank them for the courtesy by getting to their question quickly. Said I bought uh, Miss Gandhi said I bought Playboy in the twenties. Now it's trading at ten, below ten. Should I cut my losses or hold? Well, it depends on your long term. Uh, view of the company. Our long-term view is, I mean, they're, they're just powering forward, uh, doing very, very well with their growth initiatives and market just doesn't want to pay attention to the fact that it's going to earn 50 cents a share next year, next year. And it's a six, you know, under $7 stock. You're talking mid teen when it's growing 60, 70% revenue growth, uh, earnings growth, 171% year over year, just trading at just absurdly low prices they're repurchasing 50 million dollars in stock and it's a 300 million dollars uh, market cap so uh i still think it's a absolute steal down here now steve and i are thankful for your podcast support and our free downloads will always continue but i want to make you aware of two other ways to find our material and unbiased guidance one is our youtube channel and our instagram following as well just head over there and search invest talk remember use two t's now the invest talk phone lines are open so give me a call now at 888 chart Hi, Stephen Justin. Good day to you both. Love the show. A long-time listener here from Minnesota. I have two stocks that I'm in question of, K.R. Kroger and um, B.X. Blackstone. They haven't done much for me at all this year or even last year. They do pay dividends, however, but I haven't had good dividend. I don't know if their dividends are really that great, and I haven't had any growth. I'm considering dropping both of them, and I'm considering moving them into either the stocks ORI or uh, was it BKE, the buckle, or even Oxy, Occidental. Now, I see that Buffett has picked that one up. What would you think about making a move like this? I think all of those stocks I mentioned do have good dividend payments and do also have growth potential. I think you guys also like a few of those stocks in your portfolios, don't you? Would this be a positive move in my portfolio? Thank you. Look forward to hearing your answer on the show. All right. Well, let's address the first two, Blackstone or Kroger. Uh, the first one I would definitely trim is Blackstone over Kroger. Uh, their business tends to be a lot more volatile. They have a lot more leverage in their balance sheet. It's uh, in the asset management space, and oftentimes... Uh, it's, it has exposure uh, to uh, hedge funds, private equity funds, and uh, you know they lend there, they, they invest there, uh, and that's something that that's something that I don't want to be have exposure to right now. So KR though, that's I still think I like grocers overall. There's a, a trend towards uh, more eating at home uh, with more people working from home as opposed to uh, eating, you know working in office and eating out uh, and it's just a consumer staple. So uh, it's not my favorite grocer out there, but if I'm picking one or the other Blackstone or Kroger, I'm definitely trimming Blackstone Kroger kind of on the fence. Uh, 
the other three purchases, we own Buckle, BKE, so we like that one. Uh, which one to buy, though? Uh, I think all are good. Uh, one is Old Republic, which is in the insurance business. Uh, Oxy, which is obviously an oil company. All three different. Uh, Buckle is a retailer. All three, I think, are fine choices. But I have to look at your rest of your portfolio. I don't know what exposure you have. Do you have a lot of insurers? Do you have a lot of energy companies? Do you have uh, how much uh, exposure do you have to the retail space, etc. So I can't tell you which one to go buy because I need to look at the portfolio as a whole. Okay, so I hope that helps you try to think about what to trim, what to potentially buy, but you need to make that decision for yourself. All three are solid, uh, but once again, it's about more of asset allocation broadly than just those particular names. Now let's swing back to the Invest Talk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier at 888 chart Hey guys, Adam again from Texas. I was calling to see what you thought about Cloudflare. The ticker symbol is NET November Echo Tango. And I'm looking to short it. I was just curious to see what you thought. Thanks. Bye. The simple answer is yes, I would short it. Now, these are the type of names that can get pretty pretty quick, sudden, and aggressive rallies in bear markets. So be aware of that. I'd rather short it into some sort of resistance level. Uh, you kind of got that recently in a little pullback. Um, so I would look for... Maybe around 80. Now it's trading at 45. Um, but just understand that. I do think it goes lower. It's trading at 20 times sales. This is one of those names that was absolutely egregiously overvalued. It was trading at 111 times, sorry, 113 times sales. I hope you internalize this. Any company that's trading more than 20 times sales is almost assuredly overvalued. Almost guaranteed. Go look back in history of companies that traded those multiples. Long term, they're almost never, very, very rarely, there's one or two that's ever traded that and that'll be able to grow into that valuation. 113 times, there's never been a company. I don't think there's a. <laughs> there's probably never been a company that's been able to grow into that level of valuation. So net net Cloudflare will never get back to those, uh, those levels. Um, but it's still trading at 19 times. So, and it's in a downtrend and clearly, like I said, growth over value, uh, sorry, value over growth. And this is clearly a growth stock with multiples coming down. So I think this is a great short candidate. Be careful. There could be a quick rally could double, you know, and still be, uh, in a downtrend. Uh, and that's what happens a lot, a lot of times with these, uh, these tech names as they kind of fade into oblivion and, and multiples get contracted. Uh, but I do think it is a great short candidate. Thanks for the call. Now, I think it's worth taking a minute to make you aware of some of the benefits of working with myself and Steve Peasley at our company, KPP Financial, located in Irvine, California, which is in Orange County, Southern California. And both on InvestTalk and at KPP, we provide both unbiased guidance and parallel investing, which means we invest right alongside our clients. So I encourage you to take advantage of our free portfolio review assessment via telephone or go-to meeting, or send us a message through investtalk.com or call our office at 800-557-5461. We'd love to help you in any way. Once again, 
888-99 chart. That's how you get through and ask your question today. Why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. When do I know the right time to take profits? And listeners instinctively realize that Invest Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. So don't forget to call Invest Talk. 888 99Chart. Hey, Steve and Justin, this is Colin in Denver, longtime listener. I love the show. Thank you very much. Wondering what you guys think about Cotera Energy, that's C-T-R-A. I have a long position that I've held for a while. I'm up quite a bit, but of course, it's come down a bit lately. What with the news on oil prices and everything like that, just wondering what you guys think about it in the short and long term. Thank you very much. I'll listen for the answer on the podcast. All right, this is Cotera. It's an independent EMP company, operations in Appalachia, as well as the Permian Basin. This was a merger between Cabot, remember Cabot Oil and Gas, and Cimerex. And about 70%, it looks like, of their exposure is natural gas. So I like that. And the natural gas space has had a bit of a, a, a pretty strong pullback as of late as natural gas was in the nines and now it uh, has a six handle. So a uh, pretty strong pullback, but six is still near multi-year highs. Uh, so I think this is more of just a, a near-term pullback. Uh, so I wouldn't be too aggressively selling it. Katera is a consistent company when it comes to revenues and cash flow. It trades at only 11 times forward earnings. So I think it's a pretty cheap, nice 7.7% yield. So I have I have no problem with uh, Kotira, but a lot of it, another question is your overall asset allocation. And that's what's difficult when people call in, and I wanna really drive this home, is that we'll talk about particular names, we had that previous caller ask about five different names on one call. Which ones you should sell, which ones you should buy, you always want to take a step back, always start high level. When I do portfolio reviews for listeners and current clients, I wanna see the entire holdings. Look at the big picture. What type of risk factor is this? Is there a risk number we use, risk as risk number to, to, to target that? And then we dig into the sectors. Okay, what is the sector allocation? Are you leaning growth? Are you leaning value? Are you overweight energy, underweight energy? Are you overweight tech? Are you underweight tech, et cetera? And that's how you want to start thinking about it. Start high level and then drilling down one layer at a time until you get to that specific stock selection. So we talk a lot about particular stocks here. And I want to bring you back to the big picture and make sure you're focused on that as well so that you're not just caught up in the minutia of individual stock names. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We have one goal here is to help you achieve your own version of financial freedom. And our work continues after this final break. So get your questions in now at 888-99-CHART. No two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. My name is Kale. I'm from Sunnyvale, California. I have a question about the energy sector. Today is Thursday, 6.23. And even though the oil prices are not really coming down yet, 
the energy sector, especially I'm looking at CVX, the Chevron, they have been down lately in the last few days. And so wanted to get your opinion on why is that and is this a good time to get in on either of the companies. Uh, thanks for the podcast. I've been a long-time listener over uh, six, seven years now. And thanks for everything you do. Bye-bye. All right. Looking at CVX. And what's interesting here is a lot of people are wondering, they're saying, oh, well, oil prices haven't come down a lot. And I don't know what you guys are look where you're trying to get that, but oil prices have moved from 130 to back to around $100 per barrel. So oil prices have come down uh, as long as well as uh, as well as natural gas prices. So there has been a pullback in that space and the equities have followed suit. Now Chevron's come back down, uh, but a lot of the, the equities have, and that is na- natural. I think uh, there was a lot of bullishness in the space, and maybe it's overcrowded and shaking out the weak hands, and that uh, that's not uncommon. Um, so Chevron is still fine; it's well diversified. Uh, when there are big sell-offs in the market, oftentimes correlations go to one, and I think that's what uh, uh, you're also seeing that as well, where this broad-based selling. Uh, f- funds have to delever, and they delever whatever they have in order to, uh, you know, get the cash to meet margin calls. And oftentimes, that comes from things that are overweight in their portfolio. And when you have oil names go up as much as you have over the past year and a half, many of those positions are are the overweight positions, and uh, selling comes in. So. Don't be shocked to see these pullbacks. It is a volatile space. That's why you have to understand the risk that you're taking. You could have a long-term positive view of a particular sector or an asset class, but if the you have to understand the volatility that you should expect from that particular asset class. Look at Bitcoin, for example. You may have a very bullish view of Bitcoin in the long term, but you have to also know that it could fall 80%, 90% in six months. Very easily, done that multiple times uh, in its history, and you could have, but you have to be willing and able to handle that level of volatility. Same with the oil companies; they are a more volatile sector than average within the, within the market. So you need to be willing and able to handle that volatility. Okay, so Chevron, I have no problem with it. I think it's fine. Thanks for the call. Now, lastly, let's touch on what CEOs and executives are saying about the economy as a whole. 60% of CEOs expect a recession in their particular geographic region in the next 12 to 18 months. That's according to a survey by the conference board of 750 different CEOs. Now, as of late last year, only 22% thought the same thing. But that was also down from 39% from a year earlier. So these ebbs and flows. And this survey was collected in May. So we've had a significant rate hike from the Fed since then, 75 basis points. But obviously they're pointing to things like the the war in Ukraine, lockdowns in China, rising interest rates, and an uncertainty about their outlook. That's what's driving it. And higher energy prices are most concerning. Why? Because that increases transportation costs and feeds through to 
the expense of their of their goods. Now, it's a mixed bag though. 60%, that's the majority, but that's not an overwhelming majority. For example, heating and air conditioning manufacturer Johnson Control, they see continued robust demand for their products, kind of bread and butter products, and said the industry still looks healthy. Uh, and there's a, there's a gap between what CEOs are saying and what consumers are actually doing, because consumers are still spending pretty nicely. Now, what you're also seeing, which is interesting, is a lot of quitting. Six out of 668 CEOs, they left their roles from January through May. That's up 24% from the same period of 2021. And the highest total in, in, in that five month period since they began tracking it in 2002. So uh, CEOs are, are certainly bearish on the economy. But the question is, uh, and this is coming from the C CFO of Grief, which is a pa industrial packaging company, he's saying he's afraid that people are going to talk us into a recession. And I think that's certainly a possibility as well as just people in general, um, for various reasons, understandably, are cautious and uh, could just simply drive us into a recession because of that. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for listening. We encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads, which now have exceeded 42.8 million thanks to you. So get your Invest Talk podcast anytime at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, and be sure to rate and review. And your positive ratings raise our profile and help spread the word. So thank you for that. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461.